Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of the Pushing Rubber podcast. My name is Adam Piggott uh, at the website pushingrubberdownhill.com. It's a nice, crisp and cold first day of winter in Melbourne. Winter solstice was yesterday, so we're uh, finally getting off, though most people think winter starts on the 1st of June in the Southern Hemisphere, and that's because they're stupid and don't understand how the moon works. Um, so we have a federal election going on in Australia right now, um, which is generally crap. Two most boring co- candidates in living memory. Uh, and I live in a fairly, well, I actually live in a very wealthy area of Melbourne. Um, and walking around the leafy streets of the suburb in which I abide, I see many giant placards in place for the local candidate for the Greens Party. Now, the Greens Party originated um, as an environmentalist organisation, as pertains to the name, the Greens. But they were quickly infiltrated and taken over by socialists, Marxist anarchists is probably the best way to describe them. So the nickname for the Greens in Australia are watermelons because they're green on the outside, but on the inside they're red. Communists through and through. Now, the fact that the the candidate is not going to win the seat that I'm in in a pink fit or a red fit, See what I did there? But the fact that I'm walking around in a very wealthy suburb, uh, and the the reason that the suburb has its wealth is because of capitalism and the free market economy. That's that's why in Australia we have the wealth that we have, and I'm living in one of the suburbs that shows that the most. So for people who live here who who can thank their their good fortune, their wealth, for the fact that they were born in Australia and not, I don't know, let's say North Korea, to then actively promote a party that wants to return or wants to move Australia towards socialism, what we have in Venezuela at the moment right now where they're actively engaged in um, looting supermarkets for food, where I read recently that the um, death rate of newborn babies in hospital has increased from 0.002% to 2%, uh, and uh, the rate of um, mothers dying in childbirth has increased five times. Um, is is simply astounding, because in essence, what socialism is is an attack it's it's an attack on on capitalism it's basically take the most economically illiterate people you can possibly imagine and then get them to run the economy from the center from the top down uh, which will result that they'll they'll have to steal 
everything from capitalists to make this work. And we've seen this in Venezuela. Um, and when I say make this work, it only works for as long as you have um, capital to steal. So in Venezuela over the last 10 years, just about every private company has been, has been um, appropriated, which is a fancy or polite way of saying stolen by the government. Um, who then installs their cronies to run it. And, of course, they've got no idea what they're doing and the businesses go to hell because they're trying to compete um, <laughs> in, a, in an economy that just isn't working. Um, so for people in the suburb that I live to put these placards on, their, on, their, on the front of their houses, and these are big placards, is just shows an incredible lack of, of self-awareness of how the world works and where wealth comes from and how wealth is generated. Uh, I wrote a post the other day which was basically along the lines of um, governments don't create jobs ever. No government has created uh, a job in the history of governments. You might be able to um, have a project or something that's, okay, we need you to build this road. We'll, we'll, We'll make jobs. We're going to build this road. We don't need the road, but we'll build the road to give you jobs. Well, that costs money to do that uh, of course when the road's finished the jobs aren't there anymore unless you want to keep doing this in perpetuity uh, the money to pay for that road the money to pay for those people to work on the road is drawn from taxes that money comes from taxpayers taxpayers are people who generate wealth entrepreneurs businesses this sort of thing so a government can only do this as long as uh, entrepreneurs in a free market capitalist society are working to create wealth. The governments don't create jobs. They never create jobs. Right? Public servants, they're there for as long as... They're vampire jobs. They're there for as long as the taxpayers who actually do create wealth are taxed by the government. So we're going through this um, election cycle in Australia. It's very depressing. Um... What's more depressing is I have someone staying with me at the moment, a friend of the family. She's had to fly over to Melbourne for a few days. Um, uh, and she's 21. She's studying medicine in, uh, in a, an Australian university in another city. And I, I'm being vague about this. I'm not saying a name. I'm not going to say which city or anything like that or, or the connection to the family principally because I don't want her to have any problems um, back at her university if someone there would listen to this podcast and figure out who she was. And the reason for that is that I had a nice chat to her this morning and she told me how she's really struggling to come to terms with the speech and the allowable speech that's going on at university in the sense that she's having to buy into all of the crap, all of the safe spaces and and ridiculous gender pronouns that people are insisting that, a, that, that everyone use. Um, so you can't call someone a he if it's a boy. You've got to call them, I don't even know what you call them now. They're just, they're just making shit up, right? Um, and she feels, and then of course, if she doesn't 
do as she's told by these people. Uh, if she doesn't partake in the madness, in the, in, in the lunacy, then they automatically get offended, in inverted commas, and problems ensure from there. And I said to her, every, every time they force you to lie to yourself, even if it's a little lie, if they, if they say my gender pronoun name is, you have to, instead of he, you have to refer to me as glob. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they, let's say glob. Because that, I think that sums it up well. A glob, you're a glob. Which is, which is, I think a glob would be something stuck to the underside of my shoe. Um, every time you're forced to partake in that craziness, what you're doing is you're lying to yourself in a little way. Yeah, a, a little part, something, a little spark. When you've had to do that, and you know that it's wrong, and you know that it's lunacy, you are betraying the values that are inside you in just a little way. And over time, this adds up. They're like little drops in a bucket, little drops. And you go along with it, you might not notice it. Eventually, though, the bucket overflows and you reach a point where you're just like them. You've been indoctrinated and you even begin to think the same way that they do. And perhaps you start getting offended as well when people don't call you by glob or whatever your gender preferred pronoun is and this is exactly the lunacy that's their intention that socialist marxist left the progressive left this is their intention if you partake in the craziness then you are in a sense justifying it you're saying that it's okay you're saying that it's acceptable behavior when deep down inside you know that it's not so I said to her, you have to resist this. And if people get offended, there's, you just have to be a passive observer. Yeah? I offend people all the time. But I've done it my whole life. It's been my shtick. So if someone says something in a group that's completely ridiculous and everyone else politely <laughs> doesn't say anything, I was always a person that said, no, I think you're an idiot and here's the reason why. And I'd go at them like a bull. And I was quite known for that. So for me, it's not its not an issue to keep doing that because that's my personality. That's who I am. Uh, I, I just love tearing someone a new one, uh, especially when they're really deserving of it. Um, however, I'm pretty much anti-fragile in the sense that I don't have an employer. Uh, you can't get me sacked. Um, you can't get me ostracized or anything like that. Any attention that you give me is just great because I'll sell more books. So it's not an issue for me. For the girl that's um, staying with us at the moment, it would be because, you know, she's studying an important degree. She's investing money and time. Uh, she needs this for her career. And back in the Cultural Revolution in Mao's China, well, they'd take you to a re-education camp if you didn't toe the line. Now, if you don't toe the line... You get maybe thrown out of university or you're, you might finish your degree but no one will employ you, which is pretty much the same thing, except the food's better. It's about, about it. And you have internet. Because if you, if you can't support yourself financially in a free market capitalist economy, you're pretty much buggered, I'd say.
these attacks on free speech, they call it hate speech. And I also wrote a post the other week about hate speech because I don't call it hate speech. I call it hate truth. And that was in, re- in response to a, a post that I saw on Vox Day's um, blog um, where I said that if you... If there is no hate, then there is no love. It's like night and day. We appreciate day because we know there's the night. You know, you appreciate being happy because there's the unhappiness. It's like the yin, yin and the yang. And you appreciate love because there is hate. Um, this attempt to ban hate speech is is just the progressive left's tricky way of beginning to formally formally legislate against free speech. And there's now on the books a law in Canada. It hasn't been passed yet, but it could easily be passed since uh, the government has a majority in the House. And that's a, uh, a law. Uh, let's just have a look at it here. Um, Propose Liberal Bill to punish anti-transgender speech by up to two years in prison. That just consider for a second what what defines anti-transgender speech. So, if a transgender, sorry, if a transvestite, I refuse to call them transgenders, if a transvestite says something and I do disagree with them, is that anti-transgender speech now? Because I disagree with them, am I being hateful? Because because the, the thing is, offence is completely uh, interpretable only by the person being offended. I can say that anything offends me. I can say that your face offends me. And with some people, it's true. Your dress sense offends me. Um, your body odour offends me. I mean, really. Once you, once you start down the path of lunacy, and you're all thinking, oh, well, like, gee, they won't do that. Let me tell you a little story. I used to train first aid uh, in the offshore oil and gas industry. And uh, we would talk about, and it was very basic first aid, and we talked about dangerous bleeding. And I said to them at the start, the students, I'd say, now, we're not going to be teaching tourniquets in this class. Tourniquet, putting a tourniquet on is a more advanced form of first aid, and you need to do a, a different course to be able to be trained into using tourniquets. But then I pose them the question, I say, you're down on the beach, you're having a surf, and uh, someone's arm's bitten off by a shark, which, by the way, has been happening in Australia quite a bit lately. Um, you get them to the shore, they're bleeding out. Um, do you take your, your grommet leash off your board and tourniquet their upper arm. And everyone, of course, says yes. And I go, okay. Now, you can't be prosecuted for performing first aid in Australia. Um, No one can prosecute you if you attempt to do first aid and you end up hurting them more or it doesn't go the way it's planned planned because uh, it's called the the law of the Good Samaritan. Uh, You can, however, be prosecuted, and someone was successfully prosecuted, for attempting to do something that you haven't been trained to do. 
Um, so there was a individual who attempted to perform a tracheotomy, which is where you stick a pen in someone's throat, um, cut open their throat because um, they're having trouble breathing, because he'd seen it done on TV. Turned the um, unfortunate individual into a quadriplegic and was successfully sued for several million dollars. Now, let's go back to the old Tawner case. So you drag the guy out of the surf, uh, you Tawner... Let's say his arm wasn't amputated, okay? So, but he's badly, badly, um, bad, badly bitten. You tourniquet's arm. You, because of the tourniquet, you applied it incorrectly, and they had to amputate his arm as, as a result. Can you prove after the fact that the tourniquet that you applied saved his life? That if you hadn't have applied it, he would have died. Can you prove that? You'll have some trouble. So could that person, individual, then technically sue you for doing something that you were not trained to do? Now, you and I probably wouldn't do that. We wouldn't sue. But the world is full of scumbags. And if some lawyer sidles up to them and say, hey, we could get a few million bucks here, Suddenly that tourniquet is not looking so great. Now, I'd say to everyone, look, I'm all for you putting a tourniquet on and being able to put a tourniquet on in that circumstance. Absolutely, I want you to be able to do that, so go and do the course. To cover your own butt. My number one rule that I followed my whole rafting career was C-Y-O-B, cover your own butt. Someone says, yeah, yeah, just do this, it'll be fine. Hmm, CYOB. How, how's it going to look after the fact? All right. If it all goes to shit, who are they likely to pin it on? Is it going to be me? I'm not going to put myself in that situation. CYOB. So back to transgender, anti, anti-transgender speech, because that's the bill in Canada. Once you open this box, you don't know where it's going to go. Once you're stuffed with a law like this, in this case, freedom of speech, people could be offended by anything. That's anti-transgender speech, two years in prison. Bang. There we go. We're going to jail people for speaking. That's what, that's what Canada wants to do. They want to jail people for speaking. In New York State at the moment, you have they already have a law on the books that carries a fine of up to $250,000. And recently, an Oregon transmasculine, whatever the fuck that means, teacher, got $60,000 because her colleague wouldn't refer to her as they. Now, for me, uh, transvestites are just mentally retarded fruit bats who really get off on wearing other people's clothes and self-mutilating their bodies. And about five or six years ago, uh, once the gay um, activists really started to get a role going, uh, transvestites started sticking their hand up too, and I thought to myself, oh, there's no way. There's no way on earth that you're going to start getting special laws because of a mental illness. I mean, 60 years ago, they stuck you in a mental asylum for a mental illness. I thought, 
it can't change that quickly, that we're going to give you special laws because of a mental illness. And yet here we are. Here we are on the cusp of giving out just such a law. Um, in Tucky magazine, there was a great article by Kathy Shadle titled Come and Get Me, You Fairies, where she's saying that she's not going to be cowed by these laws. Um, and, uh, and she wrote on her piece, I hate trannies. I think other people should hate trannies too. Now come and get me. And that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. Because if you partake in the lunacy, as I was referring to with the chat with the young lady who's staying with us at the moment for a couple of days, uh, if you don't speak your mind and you just try to go along with the flow, keep your head down and, well, you partake in the lunacy, sooner or later you're going to wake up and... What you'll have is, well, what we're on the road to getting now because political, political correctness was the start of all this sort of thing and it began back in the 90s and I referred to it at the time as politically, political cowardice because that too was a form of attempting to stop people freely expressing what they were thinking, their speech. But then it was just a influence here and there. Now we've got to the point where they want to legislate jail time for people who say, I hate transsexual people. That'll be the floodgate. That's, that's When the first law's on the books, you know your country's stuffed. Right? And the only way you're going to take it back is at the point of a gun. Which, by the way, the Second Amendment is for in the United States. The Second Amendment is not for hunters. Yeah people to be able to go and shoot deer. It's the freedom of the populace to be able to overthrow a tyrannical government. That's why the Second Amendment's in place, the right to keep and bear arms, so that if, if you need to go and revolutionise, you've got the withdrawal to do it. And that's why it's important that the populace is able to have guns which are in line with what the government has. America's very lucky it's got a Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms. It's the only country in the world which does. The first thing the Nazis took away when they got into power, one of the very first laws they passed, was that the citizens were not allowed to keep guns and they went and confiscated a lot of them. One of the very first things they did, back in like 1934, something like that. I could be wrong on the year. I probably am, but around that time. It's one of the very first things they did. Go and take the guns, control the populace, the Nazis knew what they were doing. They knew exactly what they needed to do right from the beginning. Um, fortunately for you, American, my American cousins, uh, an attempt, four attempt, four attempts, four bills in Congress were blocked just this week after the Orlando shootings. Um, in attempt to um, to change the Second Amendment, they didn't. Unfortunately, they didn't block uh, a law that went through that I saw. Uh, very recently, that gives American citizenship to illegal immigrants who join the US military. Bang. The day you join, suddenly you get citizenship. Well, that's interesting. So not only do you want to just easily confer citizenship on millions of illegal immigrants, 
Uh, you want to teach them how to shoot guns. Well, what could possibly go wrong? All right. And about 30 Republican um, senators had to vote that through for the Democrats to be able to pass it. That's the really, really sad thing. So things aren't looking too good over there. Hopefully you do keep your Second Amendment because I get the feeling uh, from my American cousins that you might be needing to use it sometime soon. Here in Australia, of course, we don't have that. Um, the government in 1990, it was 1996, uh, there was a mass shooting in uh, Tasmania and the government had a gun buyback, which was not voluntary. Um, and it's quite hard to get firearms now in Australia. Uh, quite hard for law-abiding citizens to get firearms in Australia. Not hard at all for criminal fuck bans. Uh, and... There are quite, I think there's daily shootings in Sydney between um, rival Middle Eastern gangs at the moment. Uh, and there's actually a dedicated police Middle Eastern task force in Sydney uh, to be able to handle what's going on there. And that's what always happens. Uh, criminals will always be able to get hold of guns because they don't play by the rules. Right? Gun laws are supposed to stop uh, law-abiding citizens from getting their hands on them. So I don't have a gun. Uh, if I lived in the States, bet your life I'd have myself a nice little arsenal, I think, to be able to defend myself. But here in Australia, it's not that easy. Maybe I should join a, uh, a shooting club. I've been looking into it. There's nothing I like better than blowing ducks out of the sky because you get to eat them afterwards. Uh, I did a bit of that in Italy, which was... God, it was a lot of fun. The lagoons down by Venice shooting guns, eating the ducks, freezing your ass off, manly men doing manly things. I mean, what's better in life, I ask you? What would Conan the Barbarian say? Would he be out there shooting ducks? He'd be out there shooting ducks, probably with a bow and arrow. But if you gave him a gun, I think he'd be all up for it. Um, so maybe that's something I can check into uh, and have a look myself. Um, now... A little bit of an advertising segment. I think a lot of you are familiar with Aaron Clary over at Captain Capitalism. Um, Aaron's been really generous towards me um, since I started, since I published my book uh, last year. I sent him an email and said, I'd like you to check out my book. And, and he wrote back to me and was very, very, very standoffish in fact dude i'm not going to read your book your book's going to be shit uh, i don't read books uh, so i bet him a cuban cigar i said look i'll send you the book and you only have to read the first chapter and i bet you that if you get to the end of the first chapter you won't be able to help yourself you'll get to the end of my book pushing rubber downhill uh, and i won the bet um, and uh, we have a cuban cigar date either when i'm next in the United States or when he does his first visit to sunny Australia. I think Aaron wants to ride his motorbike around Australia a bit, or a motorbike. Maybe he can come and borrow mine. Um, but he's been... He really loved the book uh, and he saw um, just how helpful it is, I think, to especially to young guys as an example of getting off the uh, path. Um, so... He's advertising now on my podcast, which is great. And Aaron's got a new book 
coming out. It's actually not a book as such, because uh, I was listening to his podcast episode yesterday. It's going to be called Reconnaissance Man, uh, and it's more of a, I think he calls it, um, not a pamphlet, um, but not. it's not going to be a full book form. I think it's going to be like 60 or 80 pages long. Um, he's, And I actually like that. I mean, I think a lot of people put out books. They call them books, but they don't have 80,000 words in them. They might even not have 20,000 words in them. And they manipulate the font size, the page margins, uh, the spacing between words, um, the top and bottom headers and footers, all that sort of stuff um, to make it look like it actually is a lot bigger than it is. Um, And Aaron definitely doesn't do that. Um, but he's realised that he, I think, does better putting out his ideas in snippets, bite-sized snippets. He's able to get his idea across um, in fewer words, and I think that's really honest. I've made, read many books over my life that were three or 400 pages long, and they actually did have maybe about 130, 140,000 words, and I thought to myself after slogging my way through it, you could have said this in 30 pages. You could have easily have said this in 30 pages, and... I could have paid you $8 instead of 30 and we both both would have been happy. But they want to spin it out into a long, long book and make you slog through it. So uh, I applaud what Aaron's doing. Reconnaissance man. Um, Aaron's got um, the shot up on his blog. Quite a nice cover. Good shot of him bearing his manly buttocks uh, with his... Um, his motorbike off the side there. I have to ask Aaron, I want to talk to him next, if they sell the men's version of that motorbike. <laughs> Only joking, mate. Um, and he has his podcast, which comes out weekly as well, which I listened to yesterday. Um, I particularly like his little segment there on why. How many, the percentage of professional athletes who go bankrupt. Something it's just like over half, or close to half professional athletes go bankrupt three or four years after... Uh, after they um, retire, uh, which just shows you how stupid people are with money. Um, and I suppose that goes together with, um, you know, people winning the lotto and three or four months later they're broke. You see that all the time as well. Um, so check out um, Aaron Cleary's um, site, Captain Capitalism. I think his, my favourite book of his that I've read, um, well... It's probably a tie between um, bachelor pad economics and enjoy the decline. Um, but uh, they're both really worth getting. Um, so check out his podcast as well. Um, and uh, I think he's writing some of um, some really good economic stuff. I, I think that for economics... Um, Aaron Cleary's site. The other one I'd talk about is um, Cadillacy Files, which is a Australian site um, run by an economist called Sinclair Davidson. And there's a writer who contributes to that site called Steve Cates. And he really is, I think, one of the best economic writers uh, on the internet uh, that I've found. So really worth going in to Cadillacy. It's on my blog list on my site have a look at that uh, click on Steve Kate's name and just go through in fact there's a um, he has a video up at the moment 
um, on Say's Law, uh, a short course in Say's Law. It's a, a YouTube presentation, um, and it's basically showing why Austrian economics craps all over Keynes economics. Uh, unfortunately, all the central banks are using Keynes economics because they've all been brainwashed in university, and they're fucking stupid. Okay. Um, but I won't go into that now. So there you go, little po- podcast today. Remember, it's not hate speech, boys and girls. It's hate truth. You're speaking truth to the idiots out there. If they silence you, if you find yourself shutting up and not saying something because you're afraid of the consequences, whether it's what people think of you or anything, then bit by bit they're winning. If you find yourself partaking in the lunacy of transgenderism and transgender pronouns and any other ridiculous things that they've got going, then you're crippling yourself now. You're becoming one of them. Far better to take your two years in jail in Canada and then come out and say it again and go straight back in. Far better to do that than to live on your knees. Yeah. Um, sooner or later, I think we've had we've had sixty years of luxury in the West, uh, and we're getting to the stage where we're, we're ready to have another shot at throwing it away. So we're coming to exciting times, and we're coming to times when people really will need to have safe spaces to recover from what's going to happen. But unfortunately, the people who are going to be the ones uh, doing the nasty deeds are the ones who are sitting in safe spaces as we speak. So we're all unfortunately probably going to get a chance to put it on the line. Um, and then we'll see who's who. And we'll see what you got. We'll see what you're made of. Uh, and we'll see how much hate you're prepared to stand up for. Standing up for hate. That's the new thing these days. Are you going to stand up for what you believe in? the right to say what you think. Um, exciting times. Remember, that's the old Chinese curse. May you live in exciting times. So that's been my latest podcast. I'm going to call this one Hate Truth, Power of Free Speech. Uh, check out my website, pushingrubberdownhill.com. Check out my book, Pushing Rubber Downhill, the story of how I went from being a beta male to an alpha male via rafting. And in about a month, I'm having problems with the cover. Curse my cover designer. Um, But once we got that sorted, should be within three or four weeks, have out my next book called The Prosecco Paddlers, about a four... Let's see, what's it about? Seven rafting guides in two apartments in one little mountain valley in Italy over four months with a bunch of girls thrown in, a whole bunch of drugs, some crazy company owners and all the stuff that goes down in that period of time, that's what it's about. And it's about masculinity. It's about manly men doing manly things because that's what we all want to do, isn't it? Remember, you're a man in comparison to other men. You're not a man in isolation. This has been Adam Piggott. I hope you've enjoyed this.
I've enjoyed talking. If uh, you like it, rate me on iTunes. That'd be cool. Audience is slowly building, uh, which is nice. These things take time. Spread the word. Tell everyone how awesome I am. You guys be good. Stand up for hate truths. Until next week. Bye-bye.